on May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. media, this is Unholier Than That. I'm your host, Philip Picardi. After one month of playing Kelly Clarkson's Wrapped in Red Deluxe on repeat, that special time is almost upon us. Christmas Day! And while we may know the true heir of Christmas as Miss Mariah Carey, it is a lesser-known fact that the holiday originally started to celebrate the birth of someone named Jesus Christ. I know, I was shocked too. As we've explored on this podcast for many episodes, the story of Jesus has been so twisted, so turned, so manipulated, that it's hard to get a grasp of who the guy really was. For example, did you know that historians mostly agree that Jesus, a Middle Eastern Jewish man, was not blonde and blue-eyed as all that Renaissance art depicts? Go figure! To help me set the record straight, and I do not mean that in a homophobic way, I'm thrilled to welcome my friend and the host of the Undistracted podcast, Brittany Packnett Cunningham. Brittany, welcome to Unholier Than Now. Thank you, Philip. I'm so, so glad to be here with you. Likewise. Now, one thing I know for sure about you is that you love Jesus. Is this true? <laughs> this is true. This is true. I do love Jesus very much. I was raised by two people who love Jesus so much so that they were ministers. My dad was a pastor. My mom is a minister. My brother is a minister and went to divinity school and followed in my dad's footsteps on that. So yes, I believe that Jesus is the lover of my soul. And I am so grateful to be loved by somebody who wants my liberation here on earth just as much as he wants it for me in heaven. Okay. Wow. You didn't have to show off. I mean, that was a (laughs) lot about the pedigree of how much you love Jesus. So I am excited today because I'm hoping we can talk about Jesus in a way that he's not often talked about. And also, I'm hoping we can do so by playing a little game. Are you down to play a little game about Jesus with me? (laughs) I'm always down to play a game. (laughs) Let's do it. Okay. I hope that your minister family is listening because this might be a little embarrassing and sacrilegious. Everybody, welcome to a special Christmas edition of a game I am inventing as we speak. It's called Jesus Christ Social Justice Star. Pause for (laughs) applause. Okay, Brittany, here are the rules of the game. I'm going to name some statements that I have here about Jesus. And your goal as the contestant of this very real, very official game show is to tell me whether or not what I'm saying is true and why or why not. Are you ready? I'm absolutely ready. Okay. Wait, is there a prize? Yes, I will reveal the prize at the end of the game. (laughs) Okay, deal. Okay, okay, great. (laughs) Statement number one. Jesus Christ was a person of color. True or false? Absolutely true. I actually didn't know who white Jesus was when I first saw him. I was very confused (laughs) because every image I ever saw of Jesus before that was the bronze skin that the Bible said he had, the woolly hair that the Bible said he had. Um, When you actually look at Jesus's lineage and where he spent his childhood and his life, it was not in Europe. It was 
in what is, uh, <laughs> a, a, you know, a place where brown people reside. So, yes, Jesus is a person of color. And the quicker we can get away from this Jesus who looked like, I don't know, like a a Midwestern cowboy, the sooner we can get to talking about the real Jesus and what he really wants us to do. Absolutely. Okay. That brings us to part two. Jesus Christ was born an asylum-seeking refugee. True or false? Absolutely true. And listen, that little manger that people like to put out in front of their house, like it's mere decoration, Uh his family was rejected, right? They were not people who were well-heeled. They were not people who had all of the bells and whistles. And Jesus absolutely was a brown-skinned, woolly-haired refugee. Okay, and let's also talk about the asylum-seeking part, right? Because Mary was literally in the middle of the desert. She had to put her baby in a manger because there was this king who was trying to kill firstborn babies, right? That's exactly right. And that's what asylum is. Literally, when the government of a nation is trying to persecute a certain group of people because of their lineage, their background, their race, their station in life, That is what causes people to seek asylum, both now, today, and in the time of Jesus Christ. Okay, part three. Jesus Christ was a feminist. True or false? This is one of my favorite ones. It is absolutely true. That is, if you understand what feminism actually is. What is feminism? (laughs) Feminism, very simply, is the belief that people of all gender identities, plural, not just binaries, but people of all gender identities, should be treated equally under the law, period, end of story, right? You can continue to expand that when you look at womanism, when you bring intersectionality into the conversation, but most fundamentally, it is that. And Jesus was somebody who was deeply committed to the idea of justice here on earth. You can tell by what he said, by who he spent time with, and by the sacrifices that he made. So Jesus is absolutely somebody who's going to stand for all people being treated equitably, yes, including women, gender nonconforming people, people who aren't men. And it also should be said that the first people that Jesus appeared to after the resurrection were women. They were women. And to be very clear, they were women that society would have cast aside, right? You have Mary Magdalene, who was thought of as a harlot. You have Mary, his mother, who gave birth to him by immaculate conception. And you know how the people talk when they hear rumors of people giving birth out of quote unquote wedlock. So not only did he first appear to women when he uh, came out of that tomb, he first appeared to women who exemplify so many of the things that we cast out and marginalize in society right now. Yes, okay. And not just as society, but as as a Christian society, Mm -hmm. I would point out. So there's a lot of irony here. Okay, we'll be right back after this. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. 
Unholier Than That was brought to you by BetterHelp. What interferes with your happiness? Is something preventing you from achieving your goals? BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can connect in a safe and private online environment. It's convenient and you can start communicating in under 24 hours. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling. And you can send a message to your counselor anytime. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, all without ever having to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counseling if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. The service is available for clients worldwide and there's a broad range of expertise available which may not be locally available in many areas like depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, self-esteem, and more. Anything you share on BetterHelp is confidential. Plus, it's convenient, professional, and affordable. Don't take our word for it. You can check out the testimonials posted daily on their site. BetterHelp is not a crisis line. So many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. I want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com unholy. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com unholy. Unholier Than That was brought to you by Shopify. That's the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business, so upstart startups and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility. Shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe, and Shopify powers over 1.7 million businesses from first scale to full scale. Reach customers online and across social networks with an ever growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. Synchronize your online and in-person sales and gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting of conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond. More than a store, Shopify grows with you. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Go to shopify.com unholy, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com unholy right now. That's shopify.com unholy. Unholier Than That is brought to you by Bev. Bev is a female-founded canned wine brand on a mission to transform the alcohol industry as we know it, creating a voice for women where there has never truly been one and doing so in a kind and approachable way. Their wines are dry, crisp, and a little fizzy, super refreshing and delicious. They are all zero sugar and only three carbs and 100 calories per serving. Bev has six varietals, Rosé Sauve Blanc, Pinot Gris, Pinot Noir, and the recently launched Sparkling Rosé, Glam and Glitz. The cans may look cute and tiny, but each can is a glass and a half of wine, which is perfect for when you don't want to open a bottle of wine just for yourself. A 24-pack is equal to eight bottles of wine. Their four-packs are great for gifting or hosting, and Bev is perfect for New Year goals like cutting back on sugar or drinking. Bev makes it easy to have a glass of wine and not overindulge. Get two-day shipping straight to your door, and shipping is always free. We've worked out a special deal for our listeners. Receive 20% off your first purchase, plus free shipping on all orders. I suggest trying their best-selling Ladies Night Variety Pack so you can check out all of their delicious varietals. Go to drinkbev.com unholy or use code unholy at checkout to claim this deal. That's D-R-I-N-K-B-E-V dot com unholy. Bev can also be found at retailers nationwide, including Target, Total Wine, BevMo, and more. Unholier Than Now is brought to you by DoorDash. You've got back-to-back meetings, errands to run, and chores to take care of. What's the secret to clearing your to-do list? A little help from DoorDash. You can get dinner, household essentials, and everything on your grocery list delivered. Get what you want to eat right now and right to your door with DoorDash. Along with the restaurants you love, you can now get groceries and other essential items delivered with DoorDash. Get drinks, snacks, and other household items in under an hour. Craving late-night ice cream? Forget that one key ingredient for dinner. Or maybe you just need to stock up for the week. With DoorDash, you can get everything in one app. 
With over 300,000 partners, you can support your neighborhood go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Popeye's, Chipotle, and everyone's perennial favorite, Cheesecake Factory. Ordering is easy and your items will be left safely outside your door when you choose contactless delivery drop-off. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code UNHOLY. That's 25% off up to $10 value and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code UNHOLY. Don't forget, that's code UNHOLY for 25% off your first order with DoorDash. Subject to change in terms apply. And please, folks, don't forget to tip your delivery people. My next one. Are you ready? Yeah. Jesus Christ was a messy queen who lived for drama. True or false? <laughs> oh my gosh. Phil, you are... <laughs> the, the clock is ticking, Brittany. I'm going to say false. Ah! You're wrong. <laughs> but go ahead. I'll let you explain why. Here's, <laughs> here's why I say so. Now, there are plenty of dramatic things that happened in the Bible. There are plenty of dramatic Loved characters. drama. Including the disciples of Jesus Christ, right? We mm-hmm. often like to talk about Judas, but Peter was messy. All of them were messy because they were human beings. Yep. But Jesus urged us to live by the fruits of the Spirit. And the fruits of the Spirit are the opposite of being a messy queen that <laughs> loves drama. What I will say is that Jesus was never afraid to get into our mess with us. And that's part of the reason why I love a brown-skinned, woolly-haired, feminist refugee Jesus, because he doesn't judge me for my own mess and is helping me to exit my mess whenever possible. Okay, so what do you then say to the various folks on TikTok, the good Christian folks on TikTok, who have made (laughs) memes recreating The Last Supper as though it were a dramatic scene from The Real Housewives? I mean, I think it's hilarious. You can't tell me that Jesus walked this earth and did not have a sense of humor. It would be impossible (laughs) to see all of the things that he saw in his lifetime and not point at humans and be like, what are y'all doing? This is hilarious. I think they're hilarious. I personally love Easter memes. I really love Resurrection Sunday memes. I send them to my mom all the time and she's always like, oh, Brittany, I don't know if I should be laughing at this. And I'm like, but you are because it's enjoyable. What is a resurrection meme, Brittany? Yeah, so like there's this, there was this picture of, again, a white Jesus, so it doesn't really count. But he was talking to this group of kids and he was like, yeah, so I like, you know, I went to hell or whatever. And I was like, I don't think I'm going to stay here. And so three days later, I was out. Like that, those are very funny to me. Or like the ones yeah, that's like, like, like time I'm out. back. Yeah, those are great. I love them. I think, I think Jesus memes are fun. And listen, if a meme on TikTok is going to help somebody say, oh, let me actually investigate this thing in a real way. I'm all about it. That's heartwarming, actually. That's a really nice way of looking at it. I would also point out that there was that whole episode where Jesus Christ flipped over the table in the temple and Teresa Judice famously flipped over a table in the Real Houses of New Jersey. <laughs> so unfortunately, your assessment that Jesus Christ was uh... not a mystic queen who lived for drama... Yeah, better luck next time. Okay. No, but listen. Okay, wait, wait, okay. wait, 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 okay. wait, wait. Wow, I have contesting a, the a results of, of this of this game show. Yep. <laughs> I would like to. Um, I would like to appeal this one because when he was flipping the table, he was flipping the table in the name of what justice. He was actually saying to wealthy people who wanted to prioritize money over people that not only is this not okay, that I, as your savior, am not going to tolerate it. Mm. So in my opinion, that's not a messy queen who loves drama. That's exactly the kind of table flipper I want to be. 
Okay. All right. Okay. I will consider your appeal and <laughs> lay down my verdict at the end of the game show. Okay. Thank you. Number five, Jesus Christ believed everyone deserves health care. True or false? Absolutely. It's Proverbs that says, he who oppresses the poor shows contempt for their maker. Woo! Jesus's father made it pretty clear that if you are kind to the people in need, whatever that need is, then you honor me. You honor God. If you don't, you show contempt for me. These are the things that are are really simple in the instruction manual if you happen to read it, if you bother to read it. Yes, and, and Jesus is famous for healing lepers, going to people who were living with leprosy, making sure that they did not feel like they were outcast by him or by his father. That's I right. think that all of those things add up to someone who believes that everyone deserves health care and also quality health care and compassion from the world, aka Jesus Christ would be wearing a mask if he were walking the earth today. Yep. Okay, next up, Jesus Christ was an anti-establishment activist. True or false? Oh, absolutely true. This is my favorite. This is why I tell people I didn't recognize blonde-haired, blue-eyed Jesus, because the Jesus that I was raised on was a liberator. My parents, my father was a scholar of liberation theology, which is a set of scholarship by a man named James Cone that was specifically targeted toward Black folks in the Black church, but is applied in lots of ways when we understand, again, that Jesus was a liberator. Jesus was somebody who existed outside of the system to fulfill the law, right? So he took on all of the injustices that the law put forward for the sake of the people who chose to follow him. Now, what we really fundamentally have to understand is as an outsider, it required that he spoke truth to the powers that be. That's why he was flipping tables. Mm -hmm. And it also required that he spent time with the very people that society marginalized then and now, right? So like you said, people who were very ill, people who were cast out by society, people who were poor, people of color, people who were not the wealthy tax collectors. But when the wealthy tax collectors came and said, I actually want to live a different life, he accepted them too. So absolutely, he was anti-establishment. He was countercultural. He was an activist. He was a liberator. He was a freedom fighter. And all of my inspiration for what I try to do, so much of it comes from Christ's example in that way. Yes, yes. Oh, gosh, I could snap a million times to that. Okay, well, in a slightly more somber tone for the next one, I have that Jesus Christ was an incarcerated person who received the death penalty. Is that true or false? It's absolutely true. That is what the passion of the Christ was. It was him walking that long road to that hilltop, being strung up on a cross. As Christian people, we center so much on the fact that he made that ultimate sacrifice to save us from our sins. But ultimately, he was doing so because in that time and in that era, that's what the law called for. And the law was deeply unjust. Um, So he was absolutely incarcerated. He absolutely faced the death penalty. The good news is that his power outweighed all of that. But that doesn't mean that what was done to him or to any of God's people in that way was right. Right. And that's what makes this recent string of heartless executions of folks on death row by the Trump administration even more confusing because it is said that those recent executions are another deliberate appeal to a Christian evangelical base. And that just, I mean, to anyone with common sense, that is so confusing and so disheartening. It is. It's frightening. It's scary. It's sad because it is a fundamental misreading of precisely what the word says. 
I remind people all the time, and Brian Stevenson talks about this all the time, right? And he is famously somebody who has been fighting the death penalty for a very long time. But, you know, Micah 6.8 says that the Lord requires that you love mercy, that you act justly, and that you walk humbly. Like, it's so clear in black and white. You do not have to misinterpret this. And there's nothing just about deciding that we are judge and jury, right? Matthew talks about, in the New Testament, talks about the fact that we are not here to judge other people. That is only God's job, which means that I cannot declare somebody unfit to live in this world. It's not something we should be taking within our hands And it's certainly not the kind of country that I want to live in that would do that. And certainly that would speed it along to uh, appeal to people politically. It's sick. Mm, Absolutely. On a slightly higher note, your final question has arrived. Jesus Christ ceded his throne to Mariah Carey, the rightful queen of Christmas. Is this true or false? You know what? I'll say it's true. It's fine. Yes! Okay! Congratulations! (laughs) (laughs) It's true. She's the queen of Christmas. You can't give it to anybody else. It's true. She was placed here on earth to make us jolly. <laughs> to bring <laughs> to give us, us Christmas something joy. To sing about, to bring us cheer, to bring glad tidings and good news to all of the boys and girls and all of the people during this beautiful season. So I think that's true. Yes, Archangel Mariah Carey, the Archangel of Christmas. <laughs> she has a voice of God. No one can deny that. Congratulations, Brittany Packnett Cunningham. You have won this game. Would you like to hear what your prize is? Absolutely. You have won me a prize of taking Dr. Darian's credit card to the Prada store. Thank you so much. (laughs) Yay. Okay, so here's my only request. Can you just slide me something? I mean, (laughs) thanks, Dr. Darian, for our Christmas gifts. Yes, I'm going to have to talk to your husband about that. I have some ideas. I will send him some links. But before I let you go, I would be remiss to not talk about, and we've already kind of hinted at it, this immense irony of the the celebration of, of Christ's life that exists in our world as we know it. And I will make the distinction here that obviously you talk about you're coming from a Black Christian church, and I grew up in in white Catholicism. So I know a very different Jesus than the one that you got to know your whole life. But how do you think that these different factions of Christianity have, I guess, shaped the American political system that we're living in now? And how do we even begin to heal if so many people don't really understand who Jesus is? Yeah, I think this is the fundamental question, right? I grew up actually doing a lot of interfaith work. So we, growing up, would go to services at synagogues and at Jewish folks would come over and have church with us. And, you know, I spent time in mosques growing up. And it was A, a reminder that the world is much bigger than my block, my church, the dominant religion of my country, And to recognize that if I fundamentally believe that God is love and that God created all of these different kinds of people who believe all of these different kinds of things, then it can't be my job to stand as judge and jury of all of them. It has to be my job to actually focus on making that love come to pass through all of the ways that people are impacted, through the systems and structures and institutions that people can either experience love or oppression, right? And so many of our institutions are perpetuating the very oppression that I believe Christ stood against. I think that you're asking the fundamentally correct question. And if we think about God as love and Jesus as a liberator, then I think we can get on the right path. 
I think it's also important to really recognize, though, that even in the difference between all of these sects, nobody's gotten it all the way quite right. It took Reggie, my husband and I, about a year to find a church that was culturally Black and believed in liberation theology and that also affirmed LGBTQ people. And it was really important to us to do that because we didn't want to be hypocrites saying one thing and then giving our tithes to support something else. And a lot of Christian folks of all backgrounds, of all racial backgrounds, are far too comfortable believing political rhetoric that people have mistaken for religious rhetoric and thinking that our LGBTQ family and siblings do not belong in the body of Christ, are not people of value and beautiful humanity. So there's a lot of work for all of us to do, all of these different sects and denominations. But what I think it ultimately comes down to is us, doing our own reading, doing our own research and having conversations with the creator because all of that stuff will be made clear. And at the end of the day, if it isn't made of love, it's not the thing we should do. Right. You know, it's funny you say that, especially about the interfaith work, because the person who initially framed Jesus in this way for me was a Muslim woman, Linda Sarsour. Mm, Um, I was doing a panel for Muslim Women's Day at Twitter headquarters. And Linda asked me about my own religious background and I scoffed and I made, you know, a a really rude comment about Catholicism as I'm known to do. And Linda said, isn't it funny that someone like you would be so turned away from Christianity considering who, you know, your Messiah is? That's not a direct quote. It was the, the sentiment of her quote. Sure. And then she was the one who said, Jesus was an asylum-seeking refugee with a radical politic who was an activist. And so, you know, she was the one who pushed me back towards Jesus, not in a way that was like, go to church again and all that. She just like encouraged me to do a deeper and more critical reading the same way that I was doing a deeper and more critical reading of everything else in my life, whether that was about my sexuality or my gender politics or my affiliations with different political parties, you know? And so- That idea that we allow religion to go less discovered or we accept the word as it's preached just by pastors or by priests or by popes and that we don't find what religion should and could mean for each of us is obviously something that has led to doing this podcast and figuring out how faith can better inform a more equitable world. And so I see you doing that with your work and I find it very inspiring. Oh, I appreciate that. And I love that that faith is at the heart of your work and and not in a way that like scares me. Do you know what I, <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> I do know what you mean. I know what you mean because sometimes I look at other people who say they read the same Bible I did and they scare me. So I understand. I try to read the Bible every night before I go to bed and I've been deep in the Psalms. Like I've just been reading them one by one by one. And it's interesting because people think of that as a book of praise and adoration to God. And it is. But the writers in the book, Hezekiah, David, all these other writers, they are so honest about why they are praising God. They're like, the enemy encamped me and God saved me, right? These people, this nation, this entire nation tried to oppress me and my people and God rescued us, right? So like, we have to actually remember that fundamentally, it comes down to what one of the Psalms says, I think it's um, 103, Psalm 103 It says, the Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. Like that is God's function, right? That the expression of love that God gives us through Jesus Christ is to work righteousness and justice for everyone who is oppressed. If you understand that fundamentally, you don't have to be one of these scary folks out here who are taking rights from people. You can actually be somebody after God's own heart, somebody who doesn't have contempt for God, who doesn't grieve God, but somebody, but somebody who actually tries to model yourself after Christ, whether you believe in him or not. 
Um, that's a, it's a beautiful opportunity to have the privilege as human beings to do that for one another and to do that for our communities. And I'm hoping that more people take that call seriously. Yes, it can seem that history does not favor the oppressed in, in so many different ways, right? But it is a good reminder that every empire that built itself off of oppressing people has fallen. That's right. And there's nothing to say that our modern empires, the empires in which we live, in the systems and institutions in which we live and operate and uphold, there's nothing to say that these are also not fragile enough to fall. That's right. By focusing on this ancient wisdom, whether or not you believe in the spirituality of all of it, obviously, is anyone's individual journey and choice. But by focusing mm-hmm. on the ancient wisdom that lies at the root of, as you pointed out, many different faiths, that if you center the people who are marginalized, you will find happiness and liberation, whether you believe that is spiritual liberation, access to heaven, or just a better and healthier relationship with yourself and your loved ones in your own life. I think that is what the wisdom of Christmas Day is trying to impart on all of us. I love that. Couldn't agree more. Brittany, thank you so much for joining us. Merry Christmas. I hope you get everything that you asked for. Thank you. Trump is already being pushed out of office. So that's one (laughs) gift we can cross off the list. That's definitely a good gift. And let me know what we're getting from Prada. Okay. I will definitely, absolutely, (laughs) 100% keep you posted on that. Let me go get Dr. Darian's wallet as we speak. All right. Sounds like a plan. Thank you, dear. Love you, Brittany. Thank you. Love you too. Okay. That's all we have for our show today. I hope you enjoyed it and make sure you tune in next week. Same time, same place for more Unholy Goodness. Unholier Than Thou is a Crooked Media production. Our executive producer is me, Philip Picardi. Our producer is Leslie Martin, and Brian Semmel is our associate producer. Our editors are Kareem Duwady, David Grinbaum, and Sarah Gibalaska. The theme music is by Taka Yasuzawa. While no one knows what tomorrow may bring, Bridgestone is working toward a more positive outlook. With innovations like developing a tire using 75% recycled and renewable materials. It's just one of the many ways Bridgestone is making a difference today, for generations to come. Because that's what really matters. Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Visit whatreallymatters.com to learn more.